Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films that you can stream on the various streaming services on the internet. I am your co-host, Rachel, and joining me as ever is the lovely Mars. Or I'm sorry, wait, hold on. I didn't give you a proper introduction. Let me try that again. Today, we are reviewing Barbarian, the movie that made me go, wait, is is Bill Sarsgaard actually super hot? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm your co-host Rachel, and joining me is the bonus square footage that adds all the value to your house Aww. and to this pod, Mars. Hello, hello. I took out a tape measure and I was like, "Yes, bonus footage." <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I missed you so much, and we're alone. No boys here to mess things up (laughs) (laughs) i know it's been a minute since we've done Mm -hmm. just our regular format show i'm excited me too me too and i'm so excited we're doing this movie i have i have talked about this movie a lot i've seen this movie a lot but i have not gotten to hear you retell this movie to me yet and i'm very excited about it (laughs) and i i've wanted to see this movie for a long well you know since it First came out, I think I saw one like early trailer for it, nice, but then after nice. that, I didn't look into it at all because I oh, wanted good. to be like, as in the dark as possible, which, yeah, success because did not no. see any of that. I'm so that was actually going to be my next question because one of the things that's so much fun about this movie, and consider this your spoiler warning, people, because you probably don't want to spoil this one, is going in cold and being like. Holy sh- I know what kind of movie this is. I, I've seen so many horror movies. I know everything. And then just being like, oh, no, I have no idea what movie I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, oh, no, I still don't know because you just twisted it on me again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> okay. So I have a warm-up question for you. We all know that I love nothing more than it- fictional dude in the wall so i guess my question it's like either or all right either what is the worst thing that you could find hiding in your house or what is the worst thing you found hiding in your house i think okay how how based in reality are we on this i mean i don't i don't know (laughs) i'm not at all i guess okay I don't think I've ever found anything, like, truly horrific hiding in my house. Just, like, normal horrific. But the worst thing that I could find hiding in my house, spider monster. Not just spider, spider monster. Ooh, like, end of it style? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That would be real bad. See, this, I like how you're unintentionally, or maybe intentionally, bringing it back to the scars guard of it all. I actually unintentionally. That's pretty good. That was, like, like, synchronicity. I was trying to think of like if I were going down because this happens a lot where I'm going down for a wine refill at night and I don't turn on (laughs) (laughs) and I don't turn on the lights so it's because I've just memorized the layout at this point so I can do you know your house yeah I can do it drunk with my eyes closed literally so I walk (laughs) through and every once in a while I have to turn the lights on because I will think of something and then all of a sudden, I'm like, it's in the dark with me. And then I have to turn the lights on just to confirm that there is no giant spider monster. By giant, I mean maybe like the size of a medium-sized dog. But all I oh, did was my, like, oh, how is that even worse? Because right, it's low to the ground still. 
and scuttly. And so, so it's scuttly. Still, it's scuttly sized still. <laughs> so it's not like giant thunderous. It's still it's still skitter size, but Ooh. it's big enough to be horrifying. Is it hairy or yes. is it okay? I mean, honestly, no answer was a good one. I was just trying to be on the level, and I'm sad. Or is um, it, what yeah. is that movie that has, oh, God, I can see it in my head, but I can't think of what it's from. I think it was a puppet, but it was like a spider with an upside-down head as the body or something. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I keep trying to make Larry watch <laughs> Because he hates spiders. I'm such a troll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, so I, I'm going to go on the same lane with you. But for me, it wouldn't be one big spider. The worst thing to find your house would be millions of little spiders. <sighs> Just scattering. Oh. Because a big spider, if you beat it, it's done. A little spider, they could be anywhere. And they also can get in your ears and there's no way to know if you got them all no there you'll never know you'll never yeah. know because they say what you only see like the tip of the iceberg like if you see one there's more yeah thing <gasps> so horrifying so i think yeah turn turning on a light and just seeing a sea of like thousands of spiders would be even worse <sighs> i remember well, one time know- when i was a kid i found some stuffed animals that my parents had put up in the attic rafter and i was like those are mine and i brought them home cut to my entire walls just like spider here spider there spider here spider there oh my god that happened to me i had shut uh, up really when i was a kid i really wanted that my size barbie you know the one yeah. that was like four feet tall and yeah. instead of that because my parents were always like you know you want the name brand toy and then they tried to make <laughs> oh no <laughs> so my mom made me what later would be named lisa a okay. big stuffed doll that was the oh, same Lord. size as i was and it had like yarn hair and stuff and i was like well this, this is like is... lo-fi megan yeah <laughs> this was 90s megan <laughs> i love it <laughs> and uh so you know whatever lisa existed for a long time just around you know in various places and uh at one point she ended up in the garage and then i think i was in high school maybe and i found her and i pulled her out and set her in a chair and i was like oh yeah that thing i should figure out what to do with that someday oh, and uh Lord. yeah spiders had nested in it so no! by the next day no! i came out and she no! was just covered in oh, millions of little tiny no! baby spiders there isn't enough fire in the world you have to like book a trip to the sun yeah and i was like i don't even know how to approach this because like oh do i just wait for them to dissipate but even then i don't want to touch it they scatter they scatter yeah so ultimately i don't actually know what happened to lisa i just know i told my parents my mom was horrified and then she disappeared quietly so Unless the spiders went inside and began animating the body and oh walked my God. on their own. <laughs> Which, to be honest, that's a great solution as long as they left. Yeah, that's the thing. If they want to work as a team and animate a doll and move it out of the house on their own, great. Solves my problems. It also goes back to my spider rules. Inside my house, like death. Outside my house, live and let live. Right. You, you walk that in. doll all over town. But Go I... for it. I don't know why this randomly popped into my head, but there was this movie that I was obsessed with when I was a kid called Lisa. Did you ever see this movie? Mm-mm. 
Mm, no. It, it had the girl from My Two Dads in it, but she was prank calling people and saying, I know what you did. And she accidentally prank calls a serial killer who, like, fi- figures out who she is and starts stalking her. Oh, my gosh. That's kind of a that's... cool premise. Right? Hold on. I'm going to see if it's gettable. Maybe we'll stream queens it someday. I mean, Spider Dolls also. That would be a horrifying movie. Yeah. Jason Bloom, call me. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa. From 1989. Yeah, this was like one we found. Oh, it's on Prime and Tubi. Really? Oh, my God. I bet this has not aged well at all. Okay, I'm writing this down. (laughs) We're going to do this in the future at some point. I don't know if it's any good. It could be terrible. But when I was a teenage, like a preteen and I saw this, I was like, this is the best movie ever. All right. Anyway. Oh, I'm so, very excited. Sorry. I just Googled it and I was looking it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be fun, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mars. We're going to be talking about Barbarian. It's from last year. People have had a chance to see it. But still, not everybody gets around to seeing things as quickly as we do, right? So, mm-hmm. what is our spoiler policy on this show and how we'll be handling Barbarian? Well, as, as per usual, we are going to spoil the whole thing. We're going to oh, talk yeah. beginning to end, talk through everything there's a lot in this movie so i'm there's a lot to unpack in this one and (laughs) as far as whether and i mean like like i say every single time i don't like to be spoiled on anything but that's my personal preference this though definitely don't don't, definitely don't don't go and spoiled like i was saying earlier when i saw the one early early trailer and it was like a pretty standard horror movie trailer it was just like quick cuts and shadows and you know doorways Mm -hmm. and stuff it wasn't a lot that was very specific to actual events in this movie it was just very standard this is what a horror movie trailer looks like and i refused to watch anything else or read anything else or anything on it because i wanted to be as cold as possible and it worked because holy holy shit (laughs) (laughs) excellent (laughs) honestly this is the first movie in a long time that i actually had the like jaw drop stares with the open (laughs) mouth at the screen yes Yes, there's a moment where the, let's just say it goes from being dark to light. And I like turned and looked at my partner with with my mouth like wide open, like, what the fuck yeah. happened? What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, so glad. I agree. Matilda, our friend Matilda, loves to have a movie spoiled for her. And so she's always like, just spoil it for me. Just spoil it for me. And usually I'll be like, all right, fine, whatever. This time when she said it, I was like, no. No. <laughs> I will not spoil it. I will it not for take you. this from you. No, because I get that she doesn't care. She likes spoilers. I just don't think... I think this movie is a fun movie, and I've seen it a few times, and it holds up. But I, I, you can only experience it the first time that one time. Yeah. You know? And I just didn't want to ruin it for her. So no. that... I'm just... To say that I am, I am encouraging people who have not seen Barbarian to go in cold. Go watch it. It is on HBO Max. Go watch it. Come back. You'll you'll be so glad you didn't ruin it for yeah. yourself. This one, I think it's very important. <laughs> like, it's right. very important. Right. It Like, it's part of the experience. It's part of yeah. the point of... It's actually thematically part of the point. Like, all of it matters. So don't spoil it. Yeah. With that, let's get into spoiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about Barbarian. So this film is directed by Zach Gregor. This was his second feature film, and he is actually most known for comedies. Yeah, I was really surprised to see his name on this. 
So you recognized his name. So you've seen some of his stuff that he's done before. Yeah. Well, most prominently, whitest kids you know. Right? Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also, I think, why I think so much of the humor in this movie works is like he really does kind of understand that part of it. You know what I mean? That yeah. It's kind of like when you see a Jordan Peele film, his comedic background, it makes him able to kind of balance the horror and the laughs. Um, and I'm not trying to compare him to Jordan Peele, who is obviously a, a genius, but still, you can yeah. see that the, it's the same kind of thing. So this is a film that he wrote, and it has a very non-traditional structure to it. The way that it treats its characters and who are heroes and who are villains, these are all things that are are very much outside the formula that we're used to seeing in Hollywood. And so he took this film as it was, and he shopped it to literally everywhere. At like A24, Neon, like everywhere he could that would be interested in an unconventional, more daring horror film. Some of them didn't respond. Some of them just flat out said no. And some of them were like, no, 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 you need to change this character, particularly the Justin Long character. They were really? like, yep, yep. They did not want a character that had his um, complicating factors mm. to his character. Uh, they were like, that is not someone that people are going to want to follow. Let's make him more heroic. And he was like, nope. And he stuck to his guns until he finally found like uh, 20th Century Studios was willing to take it on. <laughs> like Disney is somehow involved with this. It's crazy. That's um, so bizarre. And, <laughs> yes. And he was able to put the movie out as it was. And thankfully, they decided in terms of the marketing that they wanted to really preserve this experience of being full of surprises. Right. When you go back and watch the trailer, the only thing it shows is the setup for the very first act. Oh, yeah. Like, they they particularly wanted to have it become a word of mouth sensation, which it absolutely did. It ended up grossing $45.4 million worldwide against a budget of $4.5 million. So it was a bona fide success based largely on word of mouth. It also got really great reviews. It currently is sitting at 92% on Rotten Tomatoes with 200 reviews, oh which gosh. is pretty Real solid. Good. Yeah, yeah, especially for a horror film that's pretty gruesome. Although, like, I'm dead inside. So when people were like, this movie's so violent, I was like, oh, right, I guess it is. You say so. <laughs> huh, <yeah. laughs> I will say, so Zach Kruger, he has announced what he's doing next, which I think is really interesting. He is going to be doing a movie called Mars. <laughs> <laughs> it's an animated movie. So oh. he's, Yeah. So he's announced his next, his other next project. It, it he's staying in the horror genre, which is really, really excited with a film called Weapons, and it is reportedly a multi-story horror epic similar to Magnolia. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, there was like a big bidding war, and he ended up getting like an eight-figure payday. So oh like this God. thing is coming, which is very, very exciting. It's always so fun when you find a new director you're excited about and. Sometimes the second film doesn't live up, but but still, that is that is very, very cool. Yeah, but I'm willing to take a chance on this. Like, yeah, yeah that's exciting. Yes. So weapons. That's what we'll be looking forward to from him in the future. Okay, let's get into this. Mars, tell me about this movie. So we start out where we meet uh, one of our main characters, Tess, who is arriving at an Airbnb in like a Detroit neighborhood that she's yes. rented. But when she gets there, the lockbox is empty and there's already somebody in the house where we meet our second character, Keith. So they're discussing over, like, you know, 
who actually has this rental and she proves that she's got a reservation, but he's also got a reservation. And so she says she's going to just try to find another hotel to stay at. And he offers to let her come into the, the house because it's not safe to sit in her car in the dark at night. Right. So she starts looking for a hotel room and then it turns out that there's some sort of like convention in town. So everything is booked. At this point, were you like in full detective mode trying yep. to figure out what was going on? Because he's like, oh, by the way, oh, right. By the way, there's a there's a convention in town. I don't, I don't think that you'll be able to find a room. I was like, OK, does he know her? Did he plot this? Is this actually his house? Like I was trying to solve the clues. Yeah. And like, you know, and it, it normally it would seem that like, oh, this guy's going to turn. But I like I couldn't shake this feeling that I was like, but it's too obvious and this doesn't feel like it's going to be an obvious movie. But I didn't rule it out for the longest time because I was like, but, you know, that's that's the way it would. That's the way it would normally go. And I feel like I'm like fresh off of seeing fresh and, you know, don't worry, darling. Like there's been a string of these nice guys are actually creepazoid movies. And I was like, okay, I know this movie. I got it. I got yeah. it. Yeah. No one pulls since... the wool over old Shaq's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> and then, you know, his whole thing where he was like, I'll make you a, a mug of tea. And then she doesn't drink it. And he does the like, I understand because you didn't, you know, I didn't want to open the wine without you seeing me do it and things like that. And I was like, he's being overly cautious. Right. He's being really right. like, you can trust me. Right. But And uh, he's Bill Skarsgård. So you take yeah. one look at him and you're like, that's Pennywise. Do not trust him. Never go to the second location with Bill Skarsgård. He, he is so typecast as a very particular type of character. And it's one of the, it's like the first genius thing that this movie does. Yeah. So Tess cannot find a place to stay. And they end up agreeing that Keith will sleep on the couch and she'll get the bedroom. But she wants new sheets. You know, she's got a thing of it because he was woken up. So he'd been sleeping in the bed. And so he's going to wash the sheets for her and she goes to clean up in the bathroom and comes out and he says that they have like probably another hour before the sheets are going to be dry. And this is the part where, you know, he's like, I was going to open the wine, you know, but I figured, you know, you'd be uncomfortable if you didn't see me open it. And she's very standoffish and doesn't really want to hang out with him Mm -hmm. because she's wary, you know? Yeah. But as she should be. As she should (laughs) be. Tess is not a dum-dum and I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. 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 So they end up they they do end up hanging out and they have a glass of wine and they're talking and Tess is saying that she's in town for a job interview uh, with a lady who's shooting the documentary. This is the other part where I was like, oh, for sure, Bill Skarsgård is going to yeah. be in the villain because she mentions that, first of all, like, you know, her disbelief that he's seen the first documentary that this lady made and knows what she's talking about. Yeah. And then the you know when she's talking about the subject of the new one that she's interviewing to work on and he so happens to be a part of the community that they're doing the documentary on and he was like a it's founder of one of the it's a little groups. too coincidental yeah like, uh, sure buddy sure you've yeah. seen this obscure thing that's when i was like oh he definitely knows her he's targeted her i was convinced yeah and i think you're supposed to be i think yeah. you're meant to be yeah i mean it worked <laughs> yeah so yeah so uh they end up you know, hanging out, she becomes less, you know, they become more friendly and they're laughing as they the bed and things like that. Yep, yep. I think she starts to get a little bit of a crush, but, you know. Uh, but the- At which point I'm like, do I want to fuck Bill Skarsgård? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? And then I'm like, he's so tall. Look at those femurs. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, I, it was a lot for me. I had a lot of cognitive dissonance around my desire. But I guess, yeah, I like... Mean- this movie brought up between a... love and hump. I don't know. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. This movie seems unearthed a lot of uh, unknown yeah. events. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, they make the bed. Keith goes to sleep on the couch. Tess falls asleep in the bed. In the middle of the night, she wakes up to like a creaking sound, and when she looks, her door is open, which she left closed. But she can see through the open doorway that Keith is still asleep on on the couch, and he's having a bad dream. So she gets up and she wakes him up, and he's you know understandably freaked out when you get woken up by a stranger that you didn't expect to be roommating with in the middle of the night but she asks him if he opened her her door and he says he didn't and in the background we see the door to the basement close by itself yeah so uh the next morning tess wakes up late for her interview and keith is already gone and he's left a note just saying like leave the key in the box the lock box or whatever by the front door and you know good luck at the interview and had a fun time last night and things like that. And, you know, she's, she's got a crush, I think. This is where we first see exactly what the neighborhood looks like. And you're like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah. So she steps outside and sees this neighborhood in daylight for the first time. And it is scary. It is abandoned. It's a ghost town. It is an absolute ghost town. And you see why he was like, you know what? It's a rough neighborhood. Maybe come inside. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Tess goes to her interview, and it goes well. And as she's leaving, Catherine, the woman that she's interviewing with, asks her where she's staying. She tells her that she got an, uh, an Airbnb in this Brightmore neighborhood. And Catherine is immediately like, oh, you shouldn't be there. You should right. not be staying there. And Tess kind of tries to reassure her by saying, like, well, the house is cute. And, you know, I have a roommate, kind of, you know. Uh... And Catherine's just like, okay. Oh, good luck to you. Yeah. And uh, as Tess is returning back to the house, we get, and I, this was another thing that I was like, well, this is a red herring for sure, because uh, a homeless man starts running at her, yelling, telling her to get out of the house. And I was like, oh, for sure. He knows something that it was just one of the things I was like, I don't, I know that they're trying to make it look like he's coming for her and he's going to like rob her or something or attack her in some way. And that's not going to end up being the case. He has some information that she desperately needs. But But his approach is so bad. Little girl, little girl, don't go in that house, little girl. Yeah, Yeah, just as she closed the door, he says something and you're like, oh, fuck, he knows something. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But in her rush, she does not put the key back in the lockbox and it goes into her pocket. And she's in the house while the man, you know, she's just barely made it in before the man got to her. And another real bad sign of the neighborhood is when she calls 911, they have no available units, which means that they don't care. They don't care. Oh, my God. The cop stuff in this is wild. Yeah. Yeah. So Tess is like a little in disbelief of like seriously, and the lady's like, "Nope, we got no one. Good luck to you. Just <laughs> you're in the house, so you're good, right? Great." So later, Tess is using the bathroom and runs out of toilet paper, so she begins the grand search for toiletries, which leads her down into the basement, where she does find toilet paper. For a minute, I was like. Because everything she opened was empty, and I was like, yeah. oh, it's such a setup. Yeah. You know, there's nothing in this house. It is for sure a setup. But she does eventually find toilet paper. Unfortunately, she finds it in the basement, and that door has closed, and she can't get it open again. And I liked, there were, it, this only happened in a, a few times that uh, it was the, when she wakes up the first morning late, where it cuts from her falling asleep to all of a sudden she's like spread out and it's daylight. 
And it's just, I liked that cut between those two shots because it's kind of funny. I don't know uh-huh. why it's funny, but it's just kind of comical <laughs> that she like falls asleep on her side all pretty and then she wakes up just all over the place. <laughs> and, and then it happens again here where she's in the basement trying to figure out what she's going to do. And then it cuts to just a shot of her phone on the desk upstairs. She's yep. like, fuck. And then it cuts to a shot of the open lockbox by the front door and it's empty. And then she pulls the key out of her pocket. So Keith can't even come save her because he can't get into the house. And so she's just sort of like, well, fuck. So, you know, she's searching around the basement looking for anything. The closest she can get is she can kind of look through the daylight window and hopefully get Keith's attention when he comes home. But she has to wait for him to get back. So she's kind of just sitting there. And then she notices a rope coming out of a hole in the wall. Oh, my God. Which she pulls and it opens a secret door. And I I loved this part where she's just standing there and then she's like, nope. And goes back (laughs) and sits on the stairs. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Oh, Tess is almost out of there so many times. I know. I appreciate that move. But then she kind of undoes it where she sees a full length mirror and she uses it to reflect the overhead light into a pretty unsuccessfully into this dark room because it does yeah. not really light up anything. And this is where we kind of get the Russian doll of hidden doors. Yeah. It's just sort of like there's always a hidden door within a hidden door. And there's. Yeah. I was not <sighs> expecting the Russian doll to have quite so many layers, though. I did not. But- I was not either. Yeah, this one I was like, of course this is here. I'm trying to think if there is anything you could put in the room that would have made it more horrifying than what was there. It's so minimal, but it tells you absolutely everything. A camera, a dirty mattress, and a bucket. Oh my Even god. Even without the bloody handprint. You see those three things together and it's just like, oh no. No, 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 no. There is no good explanation. There's I didn't zero. even need the bloody handprint. By the time we got to the bloody handprint, I was like, no, I'm good. I'm already sold on this is not a good room. Is there a scenario in which those three things in the same room could result in anything other than murder, kidnap, room, torture room? No, absolutely not. Those three things, no. A bucket by itself, fine. A bed by itself, fine. A camera by itself, fine. You put those three things together and literally there's nothing worse you could find in a basement. Yeah. No, that's just, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, that's not true. There is one more thing, and we find it. But we'll get there. (laughs) That's true. But at the time. (laughs) At the time. (laughs) Before my brain was capable of imagining such things, (laughs) that was peak. That's the worst thing you could find in a hidden room. (laughs) I know. I love it. So good. In an hour, it gets worse. But, you know. Oh, yes. So uh, Tess is horrified by this room when she hears a knocking at the front door because Keith has come back, but there's no key. So he's knocking to get Tess to answer the door. She does get his attention through the window and is able to pass him the key. He does. He is able to get into the house and she's like horrified trying to tell him about what she's found in the basement. And he's does not share her alarm in the least. This was more where I was like, oh, he's definitely the bad guy because right. he's right. just like, what? It's just a bucket. It's a basement. Like. Things and I was like, no, 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 no. And also, let's go down there. Let's go. Let's go. I'm like, don't go in there. Don't go, girl. Yeah. And he was, and so she's ready to leave. And he's asking her, like, just stay, just let me look at it. Stay in case I get trapped in the basement. Just wait. So she does. And then inexplicably goes looking for him and fully steps beyond the door. If I knew this door closed and locked, 
There's no way I'd pass my entire body through that doorway Absolutely again. Absolutely not. Absolutely and she, not. And she fully does. Manages to catch the door before it closes all the way. And then she props it open with a chair. But I was like, I watched her step all the way through. And I was like, lady, you know what happened last time. What are you doing? But okay. All right. So she props the door open. And she goes looking for Keith and discovers yet another hidden door. And she's calling for Keith. And then she hears him in the distance, like, calling for help. So she, now with her cell phone, using her cell phone light, is traveling down this, like, raw wall hallway, looking for Keith, and she passes, like, one of those collapsible gate things that they have in the front of, fronts of, like, storefronts and stuff at the mall, which is not what you want to find in that hallway. Mm-hmm. And then she finds series of cages with dog bowls in them also not what you want to find my god yes (laughs) yeah and then she finds keith in the most horrific position ever which is like crawling on the ground in the dark and that alone made me go (gasps) when he just scuttles out of the dark (sighs) i was like ah (laughs) in the theater (laughs) and even at this point i still was like oh he's for sure playing her oh yeah a hundred percent because she's trying to be like, we need to go back. And he's like, no, we need to go this way, like further down. That's the only way right. out, which I don't really understand why he thought that. I don't really get it. But I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. He's trying to trap her. He's trying to get her to go deeper in. And he starts telling her that there's something else down there in the dark with them. And then we see it. And then it is confirmed Keith is not the bad guy of this I movie. mean, I would, I could not freaking believe it when this happened could not believe it it was such an an effective twist and it is so gruesome in the best head smashy way yeah so out of the darkness emerges the mother mother. which at the time still like not knowing at all anything about this movie i really thought was maybe some sort of zombie monster or something in my my notes i wrote um a naked monster lady I mean, so naked monster lady emerges from the darkness and just smashes the shit out of Keith's head. And that is when I was like, oh, so maybe not the villain of this movie. Okay. Yeah. You're like, sorry, buddy. uh... (laughs) I framed you. I'm sorry. Shouldn't read a book by the cover. (laughs) (laughs) Whoopsie. That one's on me. My bad. (laughs) I'll tip all my 40s from henceforth to you. And that's a that's a wrap on Keith. So, yeah. Sorry, bud. And then your mind gets blown out of your head. <laughs> because this is where we enter into the second section of this movie. Because like you were saying, it is unconventionally set to, set up. Yes. Where we kind of have phases. Yes. And so now we are in the second phase of this movie. Where yep. all of a sudden we go from being in this dark, horrifying hallway full of murder and past murder and future murder and monster ladies to justin long driving along a california coastal highway with the top down singing a song just having a (laughs) great time because life is good for the next 40 seconds because everything's about to go wrong for him so he gets a call and basically we learn that he's like a director of a he's a director he's successful he's clearly rich but he's getting fired from his latest project. They only shot the pilot because he's being sued for sexual misconduct by one of the actresses that was there, yeah. uh, you know, in the pilot. And basically the studio, even though, like, you know, nothing has happened legally yet 
but they're basically telling him like, yeah, we're pretty certain the way this is going to go is that we're just going to yeah. fire you so that we can continue because she won't work with you and she yep. won't He's return to the, the show. Justin Roiland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's, uh, you know, trying to figure his what his next move is. And he's, you know, fully convinced that he's done nothing wrong and that he will win all the cases, but he needs to have the money to yep. go through them. His financial advisor is telling him that basically the the asset he has that is going to drain him is his California property, but he still has his Michigan properties. Hmm. I thought for sure when he ap- appeared on screen, I was like, oh, this is her creepy boyfriend. Or like, she was yeah, the like one that's calling guy. her in the beginning, right? Yes, I thought for sure I was not expecting it to be the landlord. Yeah, right. <laughs> Another twist. But yeah. like also pretty interesting thematically but yeah 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 i also expected him to be the boyfriend that kept calling her in the beginning but i i really liked that he's completely disconnected from her and that surprise he actually just owns the house yep i thought that was an interesting way to bring him in and not what i would have expected so i liked it so he ends up going to detroit to stay in one of his michigan properties in order to like liquidate all of his california assets essentially so that he can pay for these legal cases that he's going to be a part of and you know like we said lo and behold one of his michigan properties is the murder house yep okay so he shows up at the murder house and tess and keith's stuff is still there so he calls like his property management company and is just asking like is someone staying here and they say no and he's like well but there's stuff here so okay but he ends up just staying there anyway he ends up meeting up with a friend at a bar where he, you know, pleads his case. And you find out what's really going on. First of all, the first thing he says is like, hey, faggot. I was like, you suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know everything I need to know about you now. And then, yeah, he has a few drinks and he basically confesses to what he did. And that, and what's so interesting in this moment is like, he obviously Ham sit down a little bit, but he knows he crossed a line. He knows what he did, but he's spinning it and he's so aggrieved and painting himself to be the victim in in the lead up to this moment where he essentially confesses to the, yeah, he did sexually assault this woman. He did pressure her into sex, um, which I think is really interesting and a twist that I was not expecting. Another like like twist I was not expecting. Yeah, We'll get into this, but this movie to me is the best Me Too movie I, 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 we, that has come out. Yeah. There have been some amazing dramatic films that recount some of the things. There have been a lot of movies that have really hit those themes. But I think there's something in this one in particular that is the best because it is the most unequivocating about a very particular thing that people accused of a sexual assault do. The way that they spin the narrative to make themselves the victim, the way that even though deep in their heart they know what they did, they can they can present and make a case for being innocent or the victim in the scenario. And they do it behind the face of, of someone like Justin Long, who he's so affable. You I uh, you know, I never had that experience with him. So it must not be true. This is the Justin Long I know. 
I mean, it's not Justin Long. This is the whatever his AJ. character's name. The AJ that I know. It just sort of turns the camera to a new different position on one of those stories in a way that I've never seen any other movie do so effectively. And it's it's couched in this very straight up horror film, but at its heart, at, there's this kernel of this idea of this particular sort of like post Me Too world that I was like, this fucking movie rules. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was that whole thing where it's, it seemed like he was, all, you know, trying to convince himself. Yeah. He knew that he'd done something horrible, but he was trying to convince himself by convincing yeah. other people. Mm. But yeah. we're not done with this theme. Yeah. We will be circling back when we get to yep. the water tower. And then, uh, <laughs> oh, and then he goes home and drunk calls the girl. <laughs> oh, like, my God. So the next day he wakes up super hungover, and then he starts kind of going through Tess and Keith's stuff because, I mean... Honestly, I would do the same if I was of if course. I owned a house that and I'd be like, what the fuck? You know, um, doesn't really find anything of interest. When he throws that laptop, I totally flinched. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a MacBook. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And then he notices Tess's keys on the table and everything and the chair propping the door open. And so he goes to the basement and he hears a door close down into the basement. So then he does the thing where he's like, hey, I got a gun. And if you just come out now, because he thinks it's squatters. And so he's like, he does the fake gun threat and trying to oh my God. <laughs> get whoever's down there to come out. And when he fully goes down into the basement, that hidden door with the rope pole thing is closed. But he finds the rope and goes in and he finds the first murder room and all the basement stuff. And then immediately goes upstairs to Google whether or not you can include <sighs> underground rooms. This in complete- me. It was so fucking funny. Oh, my God. I love this. Because you think he's going to be horrified what he sees, but instead he's like, extra square, underground footage. (laughs) Yeah, and he's just going like, do I, you know. And when he finds out that he can't include it, he just is bypassing all of the scary shit and just measuring the the square footage. So he's like, murders have happened in your home, sir. React. Like he's moving that nasty bed so that he can get measurements and he's like right past the dog cages and down the stairs. And just, that was so fucking funny. I was, when he pulls out that tape measure, I, I lost it. I was like, this movie is insane. I love it so much. (laughs) And I love just how fixated he is on what he can get for this house. So he just doesn't even see all the scary shit. Just. I mean, I, I think it also is commentary on like how people move through the world. She moves so cautiously and so like rightfully cautiously and terrified of what's down there. He just goes waltzing on in with a tape measure right past the dog kennels, totally oblivious to any danger. I do think there's some commentary here about how people move through the world that I thought yeah. was really in the privilege and the fearlessness with which he moves through the world as opposed to how she has to approach one of these. He goes in here and he's like, these are not red flags or threats to him you know like as a woman she goes in and she sees that bed she knows what it means and she knows who was on it yeah i don't know just well even even in the beginning when she's having the conversation with keith where she was like if i had gotten here first i would not have let you in you know oh absolutely not and she's like or if i had offered you would have just waltzed right in unconcerned and he was like yep yeah right (laughs) yep Correct. Yeah, Crager's hitting some themes here. He's got <laughs> yep. something to say. <laughs> so as uh, AJ is measuring the additional square footage that he can add to the price of this home that he wants to sell, he discovers more horrifying shit. That room full of blankets with the video, the breastfeeding oh, video. Oh my god. <sighs> it's just one of those things that we were talking about with the, the bucket room where it's like there are certain innocent objects that when combined 
are so fucking horrifying. Because, like, blankets by themselves and a breastfeeding video by itself, time and a place, you know, whatever, setting, fine. But together in that room, horrifying. And the implication of a breastfeeding video, and you're like, I don't even know yet how this is going to come into play, but fuck that. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I was pretty weirded out by the breastfeeding video on itself. But yeah, if you see just like a bunch of blankets, what could possibly, again, looking at that room, is there any scenario in which that is is not the, is just not terrible? It's a happy, happy fun time room? No, there's no, no there's no absolutely scenario. Absolutely where... not. Especially not subterranean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be above the water table with your breastfeeding rooms or I am calling shenanigans. <laughs> That and it's like because the video is playing, all I could think is someone was just here. That's not something that would be on and playing if someone hadn't actively been involved in this room recently. Yeah. And so it's yeah. like, where, where is that person? Where is that person? Why are they watching it? We're gonna okay, find I'm, out. I'm opening a surge real quick. A in surge. Case, in case the sound. What's a surge? Oh, it's the the white claw version that has more alcohol in it. <laughs> What white claw surge? I'm googling. It's got nine percent instead of the regular, like or eight percent instead of the uh, four point five or whatever. whoa. What flavor is it? Currently, blood orange. Oh, okay. I'm looking up. Yeah, they're pretty. They're the classic flavors. It's like orange, cranberry, lime, and blackberry. How does it taste? I feel like it would taste like nail polish remover. Is it? Good? Oh no, they're they're really good. Oh no. <laughs> the thing is, is it's like. With the surges and the, you know, the the spiked seltzers of all kinds, at some point, it's just a lot of sweet, you know? Yeah. So I'm trying to get my alcohol thing from a sugar buck, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or I guess there is sugar in them, right? They're not really to the same degree as, like, a, I think of them as being, like, alcohol with LaCroix, but LaCroix doesn't have any sugar in it. But I guess you kind of need, I mean, there's sugar in it because it's alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. uh, two grams of added sugar. Gotcha. So gotcha. it is... There is a certain amount of sweet that happens that I'm like, you know. If you're going to have it. I better at least get a little bit of a buzz. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Well. They're my current non-wine, non-bourbon go-to. You know, it's like, because, you know, I have like a favorite in multiple categories or whatever. So this is like my beer category. Yeah. lately. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so after the room <laughs> Back full into of blank- the basement. <laughs> so after the room full of blankets in the breastfeeding video, he's actually noticing this room. And as he's standing there, the tape measure starts getting pulled out of his hand. Uh-huh. And such an effective, scary thing to have happening that I really liked it. But also, and it just occurred to me, like, how did he pass her? Oh, yeah. In the hallway. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, she probably has some little hidey hole there, right? Because Skarsgård must have passed her as well because she bit him and he ran the other way. Oh, yeah. And he was coming back from the other way after having been bit. So she must have a little hidey hole there that they went by, maybe amongst the cages or something. Or something. Or Or just yet another disguised door, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh monster lady shows up which is just always horrifying she shows up the same way almost every time or she's just like at the end of the dark hallway but horrifying every single time real real gross Mm -hmm. so aj runs falls into a pit in the ground and a grate closes on top of him and that's where tess also happens to be 
<sighs> I mean, it was good to see her and to see her still alive. But you're like, what has this woman been through and how long has she been down here? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And I truthfully thought she was dead. After Keith, I truthfully thought that was the last we were going to see of either of them. Mm. So I was a little surprised. But <laughs> yeah, I love Tess, so I'm so relieved that she made it. I'm I, I know that Craiger has said he's not going to make a sequel to this, but I'm kind of like I want to know the further adventures of Tess. Oh my gosh, I hope she just pulls like a Sydney and just is like I'm not going near anything ever again. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So this is where we enter our third phase of this movie, because now we're going back in time to when this neighborhood was pristine and in its suburban prime, and everything is brightly colored and well manicured, and people live here. And we meet Frank, the owner of the house. Yep. So he another twist. <laughs> so he leaves to go shopping for plastic sheets and baby stuff. Oh which... Lord! Again, what is with these combos? Yeah, right. at this point in watching the movie, no part of me was like, oh, because he's just innocently expecting a baby and maybe he's going to paint a nursery. No, at this point, I was like, yep, those are not going to those are not going to go to innocent activities. No, 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 no. Especially all. not when it's Richard Brake cruising around yeah. making them up because I love him as an actor, but he, like Skarsgård, plays a particular type. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when he's like, the lady is helping him find stuff and he says baby stuff and she's like, oh, how old? And he was like, well, we're expecting. And then she asks what if she's going to go to whatever local hospital. And then he says home birth. And I was like, that's the most horrifying answer I that he could have given. I because know. you know that that's not like, a, well, we're going to get a, a heated pool. And we're going to play our birth plan songs. There will be no doula. In There's the no doula. <laughs> No, no, Mm -mm, no. (sighs) So on his way out of the store, he spots a lady that he likes and he stalks her home. And then he impersonates like a maintenance, a local maintenance worker who gives some excuse about like, you know, we had some weird, I forget what he says, water problems or power outage or something. And he's inspecting homes to make sure everything's okay. And in this really cute suburban dream, this lady is just like, oh, yeah, sure. Come on in. Right? It's the yeah. 80s. People are not worried about stranger danger. Yeah. So basically, he goes into her bathroom, runs the water, and unlocks the bathroom window, and then tells her everything's fine, and leaves. And then I, like, I don't know if this was purposeful or not, but I noticed that she's like, oh, okay, great, thanks. Closes the door and doesn't lock it. I was like, oh. Oh, honey. Honey. I mean, it wouldn't have saved her because he already unlocked the window, but still, still. you're just like, it tells you about the time that they're living in. Like, they're in Detroit. No one's locking doors. Like, like, it's just so vulnerable to people just like this guy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So Frank goes home and that's when his neighbor tells him that, you know, they're going to move. They're going to sell the house because, and like, there was something on the radio when he was driving about, you know. The market going bad and experts are predicting and so we're kind of seeing that this is right before detroit kind of turns into no offense to detroit or anyone who lives there enjoys it but detroit has a reputation and this is kind of showing that pre-stage where experts are starting to talk about the economy mm-hmm. and about housing prices and things like that seems so, like that trickle down economics didn't trickle mm-hmm. down to detroit is all i'm yeah. saying 
Yep. All I'm saying is I don't think it's a I don't think it's a coincidence that we're hearing Reagan on the radio. Yeah. We're talking about the decline of American industries and cities. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. I know this is not a political podcast, but that's all I'm gonna say. So uh Frank's neighbor tells him that they're gonna sell the house because they're worried that, you know, this time next year they won't be able to get the same kind of money for it. And so they wanna get out now while they can. And Frank says he's staying. And uh Frank goes into the house. And goes down in the basement, and there's a there's there's a bit of there's a bit of screaming. There's some screaming oh, down there. Oh, 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 Frank, Frank, you yeah. sick fuck. So Ugh. back to AJ and Tess. They're in the pit, yep. and Tess time. <laughs> has been here long enough that she can give him tips. Where she gives him the most horrifying survival tips, which are stay calm and don't freak out because if you freak out, she freaks out. <sighs> <laughs> and then the baby bottle shows up, which at the time I was like, oh, that's gross. The not expecting what was going to happen two minutes later. But she lowers a baby bottle through the grate, which Tess drinks from while staying very calm. And then she offers it to Justin Long and it's like covered in hair and just so upsetting. And he freaks out and won't drink from it. So the mother drags him from the pit. To the TV room. Uh, no formula she... for you. <laughs> oh, you're not going to take the bottle. You're going to take a nipple of some kind. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so, apparently that scene kind of happened by accident. Like the hair and stuff. It was just meant to be a bottle. Like it, that was horrifying enough. But when they were shooting it, the hair was like on the bottle. And they were like, oh, yes, that's so much worse. And everybody knows it's terrible. And to the point where a lot of times... You know, you'll get like a press kit that has, you know, tchotchkes and little things in it. Like I've gotten a mm -hmm. few things where like Chucky, I got like a full Tiffany doll or a full. Oh, wow. Doll. Yeah, it was just rad. And I cannot wait to have my like little studio because they're going to be behind me. But anyways, the thing for Barbarian that went out was a bottle with hair on oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't get one, but I did see them when they went out. And I was like. Holy shit, that's amazing and horrifying. <laughs> yeah. That's that's genius, kind of. It's, it's <laughs> absolutely genius. I'm obsessed with it. I, I, I'm sad I didn't get one. It's so gross. I wish I had one. And, like, we really, we only see it the one time, and it's one of the things that stuck with me the most was that hair-covered mm -hmm. baby bottle. Yeah. <sighs> so Oh, and then Tess also tells him, like, she just wants you to be her baby. So... We get some insight into mother. Oh, mother. <laughs> Sorry, more, more chest ghost. So, uh, chest ghost. Let's do it. It doesn't so, have a friend. I think it was a solo. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. I know. Buddy system. Buddy system. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, wait. Maybe the friend got lost in the woods. Oh, no. Maybe the friend's just late. We'll see. We'll see. There's more. There's more surge in the future, so I'm sure okay, there'll good. be okay. more friends. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so uh, after the mother drags AJ away, she doesn't put the grate back down over the the pit. So Tess manages to get herself out, but she's sneaking down the hallway. This again, small detail, but I thought it was really smart because AJ falls into the pit with a knife and a flashlight, and so Tess grabs both these things obviously and she's yeah. walking down the hallway with the flashlight but she shuts it off before she looks into the room mm -hmm. and like yeah maybe it wouldn't have mattered because the tv light was on or whatever but i liked that attention to detail of like 
Yeah. That's how you don't get seen. In a normal movie, I feel like they would have left a flashlight on and it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have drawn any attention. And maybe at some point you would have thought, like, why why didn't that, you know, that logic part of your brain when you sometimes can't distance yourself from reality and just accept that this is just the way the movie goes. But I liked that detail. I thought it was smart and I thought it was, uh, you know, I don't know. There are a lot of little things in this movie that you don't see a lot of attention being paid to in other movies. Mm-hmm. I liked it. She's I smart. That. Again, it's these little details like coming up with the idea of, of using the mirror to put hall- light down the hallway. There are a handful of moments where she does smart things. When they do these smart things, you go, you realize how fucking dumb everybody else is in the movie and how much I appreciate these little details, you know? Yeah. 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 But unfortunately, Tess didn't know about the tape measure. So she's walking down the hallway, she makes it past the room, and I was like, oh, she's totally just going to leave AJ. Because she keeps going, kicks the tape measure, and then, you know, alerts Mother to the fact that she's uh, making a break for it. So Tess books it. She manages to make it out into, like, the main basement area, but the door has closed. So she breaks the window, and our favorite wise vagrant man is there on the other side, and he pulls her through. And he's like, she's trying to go back because she's like, there's another guy in there and we have to go back. And he's doing the like, what? You're out. You're good. You're safe. What are you talking about? Go back in. And she keeps being like, no, we got to go get that guy. And the guy's like, look, I live under the water tower. You'll be safe there. But I don't go back in. Do not go back in because he knows what's in there and he knows what's going on. And he's kind of like, I nope, 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 nope. And he is not wrong. He is (laughs) not wrong. But she is a counterpoint to the deeply selfish character of yeah. Jason Long. So, yeah. yeah. So in the commotion, AJ has managed to get away from the mother. And he's trying to f- stumble his way out of the basement while Tess goes walking, looking for Because she doesn't have her phone. And the homeless guy doesn't have a phone. So she's walking. She's looking for a gas station so she can call the police. Meanwhile, AJ makes it to yet another secret door. But when he gets to it, mother stops and starts like backing away. And when he goes in, it's like a another pretty decrepit living space, though. And there's like a TV on and things. Oh, and he finds the dress from the lady that we saw earlier when Frank was pretending to be the maintenance guy. And then we find Frank in the bed. Oh, Frank. Oh, this <sighs> is this is the scene where Justin had a lot of commentary. <laughs> so uh this kind of cuts back and forth and that's kind of why i'm getting a little lost in my notes but it cuts back and forth between what tess is up to and what aj is up to so aj has discovered frank tess has called the cops but the cops just don't really care they kind of think that she's just sort of strung out and having an episode of some sort and uh aj's kind of trying to communicate with this man who's like pointing at something so he brings him water that's not what he wanted he ends up moving his bedside table closer because he doesn't know what this guy is trying to get Lots of lots of creepy shit in this basement. So many, so many tapes with so many lady names and so many descriptors. Yeah. So many horrifying descriptors. Like, did you see the one that just said blind? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get the sense that, like, some of these people are people he stalked. Some people were victims of, like, you know, uh, opportunity. But none of them he sees as human. They're incredibly objectified. It's it's horrifying. This whole thing is seen as horrifying yeah 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 yeah. so cops don't give a shit 
and they're not going to help. And Tess doesn't know what to do because they just drive away and they leave her or whatever. The Frank ends up getting a gun out of his bedside table and killing himself. Right. Tess makes it back to the house and she smashes through the window in order to get inside where she just gets her keys and she gets in her car to leave. And as she's doing so, the mother rushes out of the house and Tess hits her with her car. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But now AJ has a gun. I mean, this scene too with between him, AJ and Frank, at first he's like, I'm going to save you. I, you know, this is crazy. I'm going to save you. And then when he realizes what he's doing, there's this moment where he's like, oh my God, you're terrible. And it's interesting because it like creates this space between the kind of creep that he is and the kind of creep that Frank is and allows him to have in his mind this like moral high ground of being like, well, I'm not terrible because I'm not that. Yeah. Yeah, which is another subtle kick in the right direction at the very particular type of dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so now AJ has the gun, and Tess is looking for AJ, and in the darkness, he shoots her. Because basically, he just kind of hears a sound and shoots and shoots Tess. So as they're, AJ's helping her out of the house because, you know, I don't know, they're trying to escape. And when they get outside, they realize that the lady is no longer pinned between Tessa's car and the house, which is unsettling. And also strange because she is just human, you know, but OK, I'll, 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 I'll allow it. So Tess says that they know she knows where to go and she takes them to the water tower where that guy is living. And, uh, you know, the, and AJ's like, do you have anything clean to dress a wound? And the guy was like, not a lot is clean around here. But uh, she makes it to the morning. <laughs> we'll go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this whole thing about Justin Long being like, OK, I'm going to save her. Basically using her as as a element in his own redemption. Like, yeah, even even in his desire to save someone's life, his motivation is entirely selfish. Yeah, because it's just so that, because in his head, it just puts points into the I'm not a bad guy category. And so he's momentarily, as we'll find out, very devoted to saving Tess for a minute. And it's uh, here under the water tower that we kind of learn a little bit more history about the house. And, you know, they're like, Frank, or, you know, the, the homeless guy is telling them Frank never left. He just brings women there and horrifying, horrifying. They make babies, and then he makes babies with babies, and you can only make a, you know, it's a copy of a copy of a copy, which is so fucking icky. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is where the shift starts to happen around the mother, I think. Yeah. Yeah. When you find out that she is very, very, very much a victim in this scenario. Yeah. So as he's telling the story, the mother bursts through a cement wall behind behind them and tears off the homeless guy's arm and just sort of assumedly beats him to death with his own arm <laughs> i love this movie. i mean technically we never so see insane. him again so but it's so insane i know <laughs> this movie is so crazy the last thing i thought i was gonna see, see was someone beat to death with their own arm I just... oh i thought pete crazy was a hairy nipple but no there's an arm death beating <laughs> <sighs> I know, right? That's the what that's what I mean. It's like I guess even if I had looked into it, I would have had to find like a very special article to get all of the things that happen in this movie. But yeah, she literally like Kool-Aid man's through the wall. 
right to death with his own arm. <laughs> I love it so much. I do. I love I didn't know I needed it, but I did. That's the thing is I'm like, <laughs> never didn't see it coming in like the most dramatic of ways. Oh, but no. like Oh no. I'm so fucking happy. Me too. I'm so happy. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. So Tess and AJ run up the water tower, which, I mean, I'll, I'll allow it, but it is one of those things where it's like, you know, when people are, like, running from the killer and they go upstairs and you're like, why are you going upstairs? It's kind of that, but, you know, whatever. I'll allow it. So at the top of the water tower, Mother clearly, obviously, is going to follow them up there, right? So AJ fumbles the gun and loses it over the edge of the water tower or whatever. So now they're cornered by the lady and AJ fucking sacrifices Tess. And I wouldn't have thought this would work. So it's kind of funny that it worked that the mother just swan dived off of the edge of the water tower in order to save Tess. But I don't know, like, if I were in AJ's position that I would have thought that that would work. You know, like, I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I would have in his position thought if I throw Tess over, the lady will throw herself over as well. But I don't know. He's a dick, I guess. <laughs> After all this, like, I'm going to save her in order to feel better about myself. And all of a sudden cornered, he's like, whoops, never mind. Tosses her over. And I do, I actually like that shot from Tessa's point of view as she's falling of the mother just swan diving over the edge for her. And uh, she does. She ends up saving her because the mother somehow manages to catch up to her somehow i don't know there are some things that happen in the end with the mother than the mother does that i'm like that's because she is supposed to just be human but then certain things happen that aren't very human qualities like getting pinned between a car and a house and then just still i mean she has almost supernatural strength yeah like tearing people's heads open tearing off arms because she like land manning through a metal wall immediately after getting hit by a car and then she busts through a cement wall but (laughs) I'll allow it. It's fine. Like, it, I, I liked it, so whatever. So the mother sails over the edge of the water tower, manages to catch up with Tess, lands underneath her, so Tess is alive, and AJ starts going into this thing where he was like, oh, I'm so sorry, but I, I you slipped. I wasn't gonna let go, but then you slipped, and I was just gonna fake her out so that she would, you know, whatever. And uh, But the mother just wants you to be her baby, and AJ was not fulfilling that, but Tess was so the mother in vengeance for harming her child uh crushes AJ's skull yeah I felt kind of sad for her in the end of this when she's just like trying to protect her baby and all she wants is a baby and what her life has been like all of that you know it's just I guess she's the first generation where he was too decrepit to give her that so she's finding baby it's just Oh, yeah, like so when she's sad. so when she like so gently looks at Tessa's wound and then tries to pick her up, but it hurts her, so she keeps putting her back down, like you know, because it's hurting yeah. Tess to be lifted. And and when she does the little two finger forehead kiss yes. thing, it's actually very sad. At this point, like I know she's a monster, not of her own doing, you know. Yeah, she's I mean been I created, think... but it is real sad at the end yeah i think that, you come away from it seeing that the monster is very much just <laughs> like the Frank. men in this movie there's yeah. this super weird gaslighty paternalistic 
um, as much as we like Skarsgård in this, his character is very dismissive. Then yeah. we have the uber patriarchal sociopath dad, Frank, and then this sort of modern view of what a like a sexual predator looks like. And the the identified monster is actually very much a victim in all this. is very it's very interesting. The scene where he throws her off the water tower to save himself is like where this movie is just like, and this is what I'm saying about these yeah. kinds of guys. He has this almost arc. Like I said, again, he's using her as the instrument of his own sort of uh, salvation and his own sort of recouping of his, his at least his own internal view of himself, right? This is what yeah. he's using Tess to do. But when you, you see how rapidly she becomes disposable when it's a, when it is in his interest, in his mind to, to literally sacrifice her, he does not hesitate to throw yeah. her off the water tower. And it's just like, yes, like we are not even going to pretend this is redeemable. This guy is a piece of shit to his core. Even if he presents as the friendly, happy, safe guy, he's a totally selfish piece of shit. And I was like, yes, movie. Yes, preach. <laughs> well, and even like when they make it to the water tower and AJ's asking about like, you know, do you have anything clean or whatever? and then he starts going into his own self-pitying thing of like, I did something horrible and I blah, 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 blah. And we're watching this movie and the lover goes, dude, she's bleeding out. <laughs> like, he, like, it's still circled back to him. And it's true. There's a woman bleeding out that he's announced he's going to save. But then the minute he starts getting like self-reflective and all of a sudden it's his own guilt coming through. But it's like, there's a, there's a human person bleeding out in front of you. And you're going <laughs> to cry about how you suddenly feel bad about a horrible thing you did right time right. and a place like <laughs> this is a later thing <laughs> oh this movie this movie this movie Ugh. oh so it, it the very end tess now has has the gun mm -hmm. and sort of like in an act of mercy kills the mother yeah and you know, and she holds the gun right up to the mother's cheekbone and the mother doesn't try to stop her at all. I mean, so do I you think, think she even knows what it is? I kind of feel know. like she's so feral. She doesn't even know what it is. Yeah. Could very well be the case. I don't oh, know, the like, mother yeah. makes me so sad. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get some intercut during the ending credit scenes of Tess getting up and just trying to make her way back to town to try to find any, any other person. Or a hospital or something, because fuck. Yeah. And that's barbarian. <laughs> that is barbarian. Okay, so what did you think? And would you recommend? I would recommend definitely. I really liked it. And like I said, like this is the first movie in a long time that had moments where my jaw actually dropped and then I just watched with my mouth hanging open like a like an idiot just <gasps> <laughs> and like that hasn't happened in so long where I've been genuinely deeply jarred by something in a horror movie there might be a, like a jump scare yeah but it wasn't jump scare I mean there were jump scares but my reactions that like I was thinking about like oh my god I haven't felt this in a movie in a long time right were actual like oh my god yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah Yep. 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 Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. This was, I, I went and looked to see where it landed on my top 10 last year for last year. And it was my number two movie of the year. Understandable. I loved this movie so much because I think it is like we bifurcate pulp, fun, 
horror and like elevated art house smarty pants horror both of which I love. But I do think that there is sort of this hierarchy and this elitism around it. And people who don't like horror that much can be like very dismissive of sort of the fun schlockier stuff. And then people who love that feel like art house is up its own ass. This to me is the perfect blending of the two. It is not a drama that has elements of horror or uses the horror lens in particular places. And I love those, but that's not what this is. This thing is a unapologetic horror film. People get arms ripped off. There's monsters that live underground. Like there's all kinds of very horror trope, the tension, all of the beats, all of the things are very much grounded in the genre unapologetically. And yet at its core, it also has a really in unflinching and poignant social commentary it is both of the things that i love and it is unlike any other horror movie that i've seen it absolutely was one of the most fun experiences that i've had in a a movie theater a lot of times i i'll love a horror movie but i'll jokingly refer to it as an ordeal because it's a punishing watch like to get those really great themes and that social commentary it's gutting it's hard to watch it's painful like something like violation is one of the best horror films i've ever seen but it is a rough watch this one is just fun you can shove popcorn in your face and scream and jump and have a great time but also be like oh shit that crater has something to say and yeah. I, I loved it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And without being overly anything in right. any of those elements, it's not overly graphic just for the sake of showing blood, right? Like it's right. graphic and it's violent, but it's not, it doesn't feel, you know, like a early 2000 slasher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's not preachy. It has no. a message, but it's not preachy about it. It's just sort of like, like you're just along a ride kind of for yeah. this movie. And like, yeah, I just, mm-hmm. it, I think movies like this, are the reason why I don't like spoilers for anything. Yeah. Even if a movie is, you know, like, and I've said yeah. it before in movies that were reviewed where I'm like, eh, it doesn't really matter if you go and spoil <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and it's not so much even that this one matters, but it's like, this is why I like yeah. to go into movies unspoiled because yeah. I'm hoping for this. Right. Like, I'm hoping for this kind of experience right. and this kind, those kinds right. of genuine reactions of like, yeah. not knowing at all what was going to mm-hmm. happen or what, you know, and, even even in the beginning when I was kind of like, I don't think Skarsgård is going to end up being the villain, but he kind of is seeming like it or whatever, you know, when his skull is smashed into the wall, even that was just like, oh, God, oh, my God, you know, like, and it's like, I've seen a skull smashed into a wall before, but something about the lead up to it, the presentation of everything, I don't know, I really liked it. I thought it was well balanced. I thought the pacing was really good. It was just fun the whole time and horrifying in the right ways and the right amounts and, and the right times. And even, you know, where we cut directly from Keith's head getting smashed to Justin Long in a in a convertible along a California coastal highway, even that kind of cut is very, like, jarring to yeah. go from horror to happy times in my car, singing like, yeah. on the radio, to Rick, you know? To like, kick it chavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, like, I mean, finding Tess in the pit, cutting straight back to that super manicured neighborhood like it almost looked like that you know what you see is a pleasantville 1950s suburban neighborhood i liked those choices it's not like we saw tess and then she started giving an explanation or anything we just saw her for a second before we cut to happy times again remember this neighborhood was nice yeah. and everybody had a lawn yeah. you know and so like even just the way it was structured and edited 
I don't know. I know I'm kind of rambling right now. I just really like no, no, this no. movie. I, mean, I think what you're getting at is something that I think is really cool about this movie is that it really trusts its audience. Yes. Like you said, it's not preachy and it is not, it doesn't feel like it has to hold your hand. It's trusts you to be intelligent enough to be able to, to fall to, to, to take the sort of neurological shock of the, of the, the switch in tones and the switch in colors and all those things and come back with it. Like it, it never really holds your hand in a way it shows and doesn't tell. Like it doesn't, yeah. t- we don't get a, 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 a download of like, so Frank did this and that, and we see it happen. We get like a couple little details about the mother's origin and it, that is it. That is it. It leaves the rest to your imagination to put the clues together because it knows as an audience member, you're not an idiot. You got it. It doesn't have to explain to you why Justin Long is the way he is. It doesn't have to explain to you why that's problematic and what he's trying to say about it. It The movie trusts you to see it on the screen and interpret it. And I love that. I love that about this movie. Yeah. And I mean, even even little things like when he's talking to his financial advisor and the guy's telling him that it's California properties that are, you know, going to bleed his finances he doesn't even say like but you know what would be financially viable is that house you bought in the brightmore district brightmore neighborhood of detroit he's like it's your michigan properties that are not gonna hurt you you know whatever and so it's like even little things like that where we don't get stuff super over explained you know the minute he said michigan the love and i looked at each other like oh you know because it, and i liked that i like that they put it together in a way where the audience will follow yeah you know and i like yeah. i it's nice. Yep. It's nice to have a movie that does that every once in a while because right? it's not true of every movie. Yeah. Yep. That's the truth. That is the truth. All right. So would you recommend? I would recommend to horror fans for sure. Mm. And maybe a few who aren't. I, uh, but yeah, I definitely would recommend. Yeah. I am such a troll. I think I would recommend to almost everyone. Maybe not my parents. <laughs> oh, wait. I need to know the part with Justin. I'll tell you off the air. <laughs> oh. it, it is in Frank's room. Um, he noticed an item in there and had a lot of feelings about it. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> so for patrons, you can go back and listen to our zombie bite about it. Uh, I just will warn you, you're going to learn a lot about Justin. You're going <laughs> to learn a lot about Justin. <laughs> it's become like a running joke between the two of us because he was like, I've really dug myself into a hole with this. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, you have. Yeah. Hindsight's 2020, bud. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I love him so much. I love Justin so much. He's so funny. He makes me so happy. Okay, so yes. So I think one of the things I've enjoyed most about this movie, other than seeing it myself for the first time, is getting other people to watch it and then having them text me right after and be like, what the fuck? It's such a fun... I wish the only thing I wish I could have done differently is actually see this in the theater with all of my friends. Oh yeah. This would have been such an amazing group watch with your friends. Yeah. Just and I will say most people cannot behave in a movie theater. When I saw this, everyone was silent because I think we were all just in raptured state of shock by this movie. And I would have loved to have had that experience with all of my friends. But yeah, this one is an easy recommend for me, especially for horror fans, but also just people I want to troll a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So say you are like, you know what I need more of in my life? Barbarian and decided to watch it again what adult beverage would you pair with this film so i actually i googled to see if there was already an existing drink called the barbarian and there (laughs) is 
<laughs> so it's a root beer with a shot of blackberry brandy. But if I was going to oh, watch yeah. it on my own, I probably would forgo both the root beer and the blackberry brandy and just do makers on the rocks, to be honest. Like, just. Okay, I'm going <gasps> to put a little twist on this drink. Okay, you said it's root beer and blackberry brandy. Mm-hmm. I would swap the root beer out for cream soda. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> i'm a sick 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 individual all right awesome okay so listener feedback we did get an email um from a lovely listener who was concerned that we had stopped recording as i explained to them we did to put a pause for a couple of reasons we had some health stuff come up someone had a funeral at one point and then it was the end of the year and i had a massive backlog of, of zombie girls episodes that i had to put out so we put a pause on recording obviously we're back we're gonna be back back on our schedule we've already got the next shows planned so thank you so so much shereen for that very kind email i can't tell you enough anytime somebody sends a message saying that they enjoy the show or in this case we're worried that it had gone away like that like really does touch my heart because i mean i have major imposter syndrome yeah. so i'm like oh you do like the show i assume they just love you and i'm like yeah same get it totally a reasonable <laughs> response but yeah thank you so much for that lovely email it really did me a lot to me and we're back we're back and we're, not we're going back anywhere. we're getting back on schedule we've got our momentum up yes we've got I'm plans so for the future i'm okay. excited i'm okay. seriously excited like i i know that the the break we took was needed for all yeah. parties involved but yeah i'm excited to get back me on the too. schedule and to get back into it mm-hmm. A hundred percent agree. I think we were having major end of year burnout, the holidays, the backlog. Yeah. Um, it was just like, and a I whole know that thing. like end of year for everybody work wise is always really yes, crazy. So everybody yes. just gets like mentally burnt out mm-hmm. and yeah. And I never want this to be like a thing where we're not excited to do it. You know what I mean? And I think we needed a little bit of a reset to be like, oh yeah, we fucking yeah. love doing this. I know yeah. at least that's how I feel. I wasn't, I wasn't to that point, but I just know when I get super overwhelmed, I don't enjoy anything as much as I do when I'm like fresh and I feel like yeah. we needed a little break and now we're back and I'm so, so excited. Also, I think the grind of some of that Hellraiser was rough. That's the other thing is that leading up to that break yeah. was just Hellraiser <gasps> and that was <sighs> a rough, that was a, that was rough. That was rough. That was rough. I mean, I'm glad we did it and I'm glad I've seen them all because as a horror fan, I'm like, okay, I now have seen all the Hellraisers, but it was rough. Well, it was rough. I feel like you and I are on the same page, like completionists. You know, yes, like we are, we are. You know, so now I can say I've seen every Hellraiser, and uh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> the rest of my life. Yep, yep. There you go. I mean, you'll probably revisit the first one someday. But... Yeah, probably. But that's it. Yeah, but <laughs> it's then... so funny. So I was talking with Scotty from the podcast Fun with Horror, who has been watching the Hellraisers, and he had gotten to Inferno and was like, "Wow, I'm, I'm like really having a good time with Hellraiser. I'm I'm up to Inferno, and this one's really interesting. And it is. It's an interesting one. And I was just like, "Oh, you sweet summer shack. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, the last up. message he sent me was like, Hellseeker has Dean Winters and the return of Ashley Lawrence. How could it go wrong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told him I was like screenshotting this for future gloating. <laughs> yeah. Buckle up, bud, because it's going to get rough. <gasps> you have no idea what awaits you. <laughs> but yeah, 
those of you at home, we love to hear from you. Anytime you want to want to, please feel free to drop us a line at Rachel at Zombie Girls. That's G-R-R-L-Z.com. You can come chat with us on the Zombie Girls Facebook group. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ZG Podcast. And if you do, you can slide into the DMs. And we'd love to, we, you know, if you send an email, we're happy to read it on the show, whatever the case may be. Uh, just let us know. And if you like the show, what you can do to really make us feel good is to leave us a review or rate us on whatever it is, whatever platform it is that you are listening to us on, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Audible, wherever it is. Just go ahead and give us a rate and review. Uh, if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight because you've already, like me, watched Barbarian way too many times, you can check out the, our video on demand and streaming calendar at zombiegirls.com. We keep track of all the spooky doings that are on the various stream streaming services as well as video on demand. If you want to support us with a little key money, you can do that by buying our sweet, sweet merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. I mean... I don't even have to see you to know how good you would look. I mean, mm, so good in a, in a stream queen shirt. Mm, so sexy. You should do it. Or you can support us by joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls, where you get extended episodes, bonus episodes. You get to be on our Discord and hang out with us all day. Lots of good perks. We've got our zombie bites that are coming out regularly, where we kind of just like give you quick thoughts on movies as they come out. I'm going to be doing my Sundance one. By now, the Sundance one will be out. I watched all the horror movies that uh, premiered at Sundance, and I have some thoughts. I'm going to give my non-spoiler thoughts about them. So if you are hearing this, it's already out, and you're a patron, you can go back and watch it now. Yeah, that's kind of it for our plugs, except for other things that we're doing if you want some more of my commentary on horror films you can check me out on a, on a recent episode of bloody good horror where i talked about the new kevin williamson slasher sick it is also you'll appreciate this marzi it is written by kevin williamson but it was directed by john himes and it stars mark Menchaca. john himes and mark Menchaca previously worked together on a little film called alone oh yeah so he's a scary dude in this one too. <laughs> it's good. It's really. It's. A, I mean, it, uh, I have some quibbles with the end of it, but it's a. It's a fun little ride of a slasher. And then this weekend, it'll be out. I think by the time this episode drops, I'm gonna be hanging out with the guys over at Straight Chillin', a horror podcast. We're gonna be reviewing a movie that I. One of the movies that I saw at Sundance that I cannot stop thinking about, and that is a little film by Brandon Cronenberg called Infinity Pool, starring Bill Skarsgård's older brother Alexander, and the always amazing Mia Goth. I won't tip my hand about my feelings about it. You're going to have to actually go listen to Straight Chillin' or the zombie voice where I talk about it. But yeah, you should definitely check it out with them. It's a great show. They're great dudes. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I think you guys are really going to love it. All right. So that just leaves our plan for our next episode. By the way, I know you brought it up at the beginning and I was like, no, I don't remember. But I, I, I remember <laughs> while we were doing this. I was like, I'm really worried about you. We're going to have to talk about taking some glick. <laughs> some, some, uh, you're starting to sound like me. You can't remember. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh, not eucalyptus. What's the one that? No, it's like good uh, memory. not glaucoma. <laughs> that's not <laughs> no, right. That's not... <laughs> that, that's not what you should take. You got to get your daily dose of glaucoma. But isn't it like a G name? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Ginkgo biloba. Uh, below, yes, ginkgo biloba. That's the one. We, I think we obviously both need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could. Yeah. So okay, because clearly the answer is not. I should drink less. It's just I should take more ginkgo biloba. Yeah, obviously. I mean, listen, you're drinking. It, alcohol has antiseptic properties. That's why you have to put it in your body to kill off all the germs. 
Yeah, see, this is how I stave yeah. off the food poisoning all the time. Yes, you eat the preservatives and you drink the alcohol. That's how you stay healthy. Yeah. That's how you become Wolverine. Mm-hmm. It is, it's see? science. I'm sorry. It's just science. It, the Proven. math, maths. Yeah. Okay? I'm sorry. Move on. That's, it yeah. is what it is. But also gets ginkgo boba for both of us. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Especially since I agreed to, yeah, let's do it on this date. Maybe an hour. That's why I was we like, talked about it. Honestly, if it were like not, it hadn't literally been right before the show, I would not have been like, you know this, Mars, because I know <laughs> if the sun, if the Earth has rotated, like the sun and moon have both made an appearance. I don't remember shit. Like it's gone, but within an hour, usually. <laughs> yeah, and so like, I was like, Ooh, like if I have slept, then my yeah. brain resets, and I feel like you know, yeah. okay. It's but a full mind wipe. It's a full mind wipe. When my eyes close, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yes. So, okay. It did come case, back to me. <laughs> Marzi, what will, for those who want to play along at home, what are we going to be watching for the next episode? So if you have been listening, we have mm-hmm. been doing a couple of full series collaborations with the Here's Johnny guys. We did Saw, Ooh. which was a, a time we did the scream <laughs> movies which uh-huh. i love scream there are a few rough scream movies but Ooh. every franchise is gonna have a few of course um uh, most recently we just wrapped up the hellraiser yes which was i know was increasingly rough. more difficult as time went on i did that's another thing i was when i was talking to scotty i was like yeah we just did a rewatch and my co-host liked a grand total of one hellraiser <laughs> 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 it was a long year it was a rough year for her. <laughs> that, was a, that was a rough one. But because I sat oh, through, because I, I committed, you did. I did the Hellraisers, you I was did. promised. Yes. I was promised the, that I get to choose the next full series watch. Yes. What are we watching? So, starting next, we are starting a full series watch of the Final Destination. Ah, I'm so and I'm nervous. So- fucking excited especially <laughs> since i know that you had only seen like a very few of the saw movies and that yes. you'd like i'd seen avoided zero them saws. zero saws and you'd avoided them and so you know getting you to what that's part of like i did regret the boat that i jumped into at the beginning of that where i was like <laughs> we're doing it because i'm gonna make rachel watch a saw because you know like again anyone if there's anyone out there who's been listening from the beginning it has been my goal for like six years yeah to get you to watch a saw movie yeah and I, so that's why I wholeheartedly jumped all in. And yeah. then like two movies later, I was like, I regret my decision because. <laughs> yeah, it is a, like uh, a little bit of friendly fire on that one. <laughs> yeah, there was a little. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But we made it through. Yes. We did Hellraiser. Yes. That was rough. But yes. um, because I um, committed to every else's choices i was promised i get to choose next and yes. I want final destination and i know you haven't watched them and i'm nope very excited <laughs> i saw the first final destination in the theater end of story that is the only one i've seen and i don't i remember the general premise of it like what the the inciting incident is and i remember that Candyman is death and i remember that mm-hmm. De- devon sawa is in it mm-hmm I have now listed all the things I remember. About <laughs> <laughs> so it is essentially a first watch for me at this point. And all of the rest of them, I was so freaked out by that when I saw it that I never watched another Final Destination. I'm so excited. So this, I am practically a Final Destination version. So I'm so excited. Here, here's the thing is that I love these movies. Yeah. 
I feel like you and I are very similar when it comes to just general existing in the world as a hazard anxieties. Yeah. And this is going to make it a lot worse. Great. Because yeah. you know what I need more? Anxiety. <laughs> I, yeah. just, I just don't have enough. It's because of <laughs> I sometimes movies. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but not always drunk. <laughs> so I just it's because a of these more. movies that I move through the world where I see everything as potentially a death item. The right. one thing I know because of memes is that there is something with a truck full of logs at some point during the movie. Yeah, try living in... Oh God! Oregon. They're everywhere. <laughs> that's like that's like being afraid of Jaws and living in shark infested waters. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited. But like, I've just seen the meme. It's like a photo of one of them on the road, and it's like regular people see this, and people who've seen Final Destination see this, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means. I mean, I know it's something, but. I'm guessing I'm going to find it. I'm going to, I have a feeling because it has been memed that I'm going to be bummed. Yeah. 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 So the thing that freaks me out the most in movies, yes, to some degree, it's like animal violence is number one. Don't, I don't even fuck with it. The second one is people, the sound of people in pain does something to Mm. me. Really? Yes. Like seeing the violence. Sorry, I didn't mean to sound surprised by the fact that no, I know it's weird for people. No, it's a weird thing. When I was a kid, I cried when I saw Gone with the Wind because of the person crying when they were like screaming when they were getting their leg amputated. It was like nothing on screen but the sound. Whoa! It's just a thing. Like yeah. And then the third thing is the anticipation of violence when they stretch it out and you know it's coming but you don't know what it's going to be and you're like oh god what is it going to look like that is the thing that causes me the most anxiety which is why i've never watched these because that's like 90 percent. that's what it is yeah (laughs) i suspect i'm gonna have a great time and i'm gonna definitely have a great time talking about these movies but if you were wanting a little bit of justice for hellraiser you really did pick the right franchise (laughs) Because I'm going to be like, oh, (laughs) for five movies. I am very excited. (laughs) Good. Me too. I'm nervous. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm nervous, but I'm also really excited because I know you love them too. So I'm excited to watch the movies movies. that you love. It's always so fun to like get to share stuff with people, you know, that other people like love. That's always really fun. And I don't know if you remember this. We were doing a, a bonus episode once we were talking about if you could have any director remake any horror franchise, yeah. who would it be? And my answer is Taika Waititi remaking Final Destination. Oh. Now, that's going to mean more to you after you see them and see what I mean. Oh, like, oh, my God. Okay, now I'm even more intrigued. All right. Okay. Well, so that is our plan for our next episode. Unless people are sticking around for the extended episode, I think that is it for us tonight. Mars, why don't you go ahead and take us out? You know, I'm so sorry for the break, but we needed it. But thank you for everyone who noticed, I guess, and still came back. That's amazing. And I love it. And I'm so appreciative. Thank you so much to everyone who's not a patron and sticking around. And that is it for us tonight, folks. Bye, everybody. Good night. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to Mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Messman-Rucker. And our theme song for this show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links. What what is your sign, Marzi? Uh, Like Zodiac? Yeah, yeah, Zodiac. Taurus. Okay.
And what, <laughs> what is, what is the last digit of the battery, your battery percent on your phone? Ooh, wait, let me check. Eight. Okay. So your new name is gay puke. That's the worst one. Oh, oh no. no. I got peachy Jesus. Ariel Ooh, got. That's actually. Yes. It's good. Right. Ariel got peachy Satan. Um, oh, that's a good one too. Right. Someone got gay daddy. Someone got slutty trash. <laughs> All of those, none of those are bad. Why is mine so bad? Yeah, let's, we'll ask you again later when, when the percentage changes. You can at least be like, gay tits or gay fairy or gay trash. Yeah, because it's, it's just the puke that I have an right. issue with. What's Zach's uh, sign? Pisces. Okay, and then what's his, ask him what his battery is. Hey, baby. What's the last digit on your cell phone battery right now? Eight also. Oh no. Oh no, he's a little puke. <laughs> oh. Rachel's doing some sort of name generator based on your um zodiac and the last digit of your cell phone battery. And mine was gay puke and yours is little puke. <laughs> <laughs> They're like cute names too. I don't know how you guys got the worst one. <laughs> yeah, how do we match? You're little puke, I'm gay puke. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because I'm a Taurus, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. See you later. No, never. I'm sorry. (laughs) 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 This name generator is fun. I always like the ones where it's like the beefcake name. Or, um, what was it? Uh, who? It's fucking Donald Glover got his name from a name generator, but I can't remember what the, the theme oh, was. Really? It was like a, yeah, it was like an insane clown posse name generator or something like that. And that's how he got Childish Gambino. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so I this, can't is remember, a, this is I can't the remember. the beefcake name generator. So let's see. Last first initial of your last a uh, first initial of your first name. Okay. Grit. First initial of your last grit. Wait, wait, doesn't do the whole alphabet? That doesn't seem right. Okay, sorry. Grit. Bloodstorm. (laughs) That sounds more Viking than beefcake. Yeah, mine is stiff. Uh Meat heart. (laughs) No! No! (laughs) What is Zach's last initial? Uh, R. Uh, He's jerk eagle strike. <laughs> see here, Randy is stiff. Mid coit <laughs> so very no. upsetting. Okay, wait, this is the roid machine beefcake generator. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Hello everyone and welcome to the extended episode where we're gonna talk about something kind of upsetting. Yay! <laughs> No, not really. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It's upsetting if it actually happened to you, but it's a fun conversation. So how do you feel about okay. that? Is that, that's, is that a good? Very, that's a very specific genre. <laughs> so, okay. I'm going to tell you true stories of something happening. Okay. These are, I, I know that they're true because they each have links to actual news stories in them. Oh, this shit. is not okay. just like nonsense on Reddit. These are, someone has put together a list of these things from news stories. So my question for you is, do you have any idea what they are? No. 
Well, is does the film Barbarian fall into any particular subgenre that we have been known to enjoy on this show? Dude in a wall. You know it. Oh, <laughs> you love it. These are real <laughs> tales of dude in the wall. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So there was this girl and her name was Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> sorry Ariel. i'm just kidding i'm sure you don't really have a dude in your wallet except for you probably do i don't know she Ariel's has... had some pretty strange things happen to her i mean a lot of the things that are like happening in these stories in before people realize that there's a dude in their walls um are things that she's talked about like things being misplaced or being missing and then being returned and food being eaten and things Food being, nobody had food delivered to their home, but I still feel like maybe that was dude in the wall who was getting like Uber Eats. And um, hoping to like catch a moment where he can jump out and grab his exactly, DoorDash. Exactly. So did I don't we, know. Did, was that mystery ever solved or concluded or I stopped? Mean, or? It did stop around the same time as the neighbor that was like always getting it on and upstairs left. So I, there's part of me is like dude in the wall. It also happened after there was the fire the mysterious fire in her building so either maybe it was um the dude who moved out didn't know his address very well and kept sending it to the wrong room i don't know or the wrong apartment. i think he was trying to seduce by way of carbohydrate i mean which to me is the best form yeah i, I was gonna say like he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think like what is what is an unconventional move that would catch your attention like for me having a pizza delivered to me is definitely on the list Oh, yeah. Is there like, is there a thing someone could do that would be like, wow, I didn't see that coming and I'm into it? I don't know. Now I keep thinking about pizza. I know. I'm hungry. <laughs> I have Mediterranean food waiting for me after this. So Ooh. let's get it going. <laughs> <laughs>